You're looking at the big picture with Edwin Eisentraff on WCPT 820. Welcome back, everybody. Um, let's turn to local, something different um, than our usual talk about national politics, although we may get there. Alderman Roderick Sawyer is an attorney who served three terms in Chicago City Council. During the COVID epidemic, he chaired the city's health committee. No easy lift there. Uh, he gave up his seat to run for mayor. Um, and here's the great thing about local elections. You don't have to win to be heard and to make a difference. And um, uh, I, Alderman, welcome welcome back. It's a pleasure to have you. I, I we, we ran into each other at Manny's Deli just before the election. And you told yes, me that uh, that you you had some things to say, and I am looking forward to hearing them. Well, Edwin, thank you, and thank you as always for allowing me to be on the show. Uh, it's always a pleasure, and I always like to talk politics. Well, um, uh, w- w- first, I know. F- I mean, you and I both have run for office, and not everybody in the world has done that. But it is a it is a remarkable experience to go out and talk to, you know, tens of thousands of people to hear from them, to see, you know, to walk in their shoes a little bit, to learn about their lives. Um, it is a kind of life changing thing. So, like, what what did you take from the experience of running for mayor? Oh, absolutely. It was, it was a phenomenal experience. I, I wouldn't have changed, traded that for the world. Uh, it was, uh, like you said, you got to meet different people in different walks of life in your city where, you know, where I was born and raised. Yep. But yet, you know, even though you're, you're here all your life, you still don't have always the opportunity to experience all areas of the city. And I got to do that running from yep. there. And I got to have great conversations with people. Um, I'm going to tell you, it, the great part was having the conversation. The frustrating part was trying to explain your vision for the city in 30 seconds in, in 20, 30 yeah. forms throughout the city. Yeah. <laughs> challenge. But we have a, we, we, to, to express what your differences are and with the other candidates and, and why you think that you can be the person that could help lead the city during the trying times that we're having right now. Uh, but it was great talking to individuals where you have more time where you can really sit and just person to person. But obviously you can't do that and win an election by talking one-to-one uh, to every person in the city of Chicago. It just logistically can't happen. No, it's really hard. And but, uh, and our politics now. Yeah, but the great part was talking. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we, we haven't figured out yet. Every community um, wants to hear from every candidate. And so we've put on, I can't, I don't know how many forums you did, but it was too many. 30. Yeah. Way too I mean, right, thir- right, 30 times all the candidates show up at a different community in front of a different audience and get asked questions, right? Um, but there are a lot of candidates. So it becomes really hard to break out, to be, to, to, and all the answers have to be short. You know, um, I, th- th- I think communities have to f- come up with a better way. This is a, uh, um, too hard, really. I would Emily agree with you, and I, and I would love to be a part of if figuring that out because you cannot really express yourselves in, in thirty second uh, bits uh, with complex questions. So, and and it, some some of these questions really need a deeper lift, and you really need to dive into these to really understand, you know, why we're going through what we're going through right now. And a lot of people, and I would include some of the candidates, really don't understand 
you know, what the city is going through and how to change it. And, and I think that that's where the disconnect is, where we didn't get a chance to really express true vision for Chicago, as opposed to maybe a few sound bites and a few uh, popular statements that, that people, you know, think they understand, but they really don't. Yeah. Well, governing is, I mean, I always say politics and governing are related, but they're not the same thing. They're and, not. Um, right. And, 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 you know, we need people who are good at winning elections for sure, but we also need people who are really good at governing who can help us. Uh, and they're not always the same, they're not always the same people, but oh, government I, I, needs people in it who are really I, I good at the job. I, as good as, I don't think I was as good as running as I think I am as governing. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I well, can, you know what? I had the same problem. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably why we, we talk a lot. We get along so well. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. In that same ilk, if you will. Yeah. But I think it helps to tell I'm people the truth. I'm more interested in governing than running. Yeah. I'm, I'm much more yep. interested yep. in governing than I, I was in running. But some of the ideas that you had um, and, and some of the, the concerns that you express in our here, I'm thinking about things like, the uh, fiscal cliffs the city is facing. Um, I think I think those ideas, while they weren't sort of broadly in the public's mind, I think the other candidates heard them. I think the new mayor isn't pretending it doesn't exist. I think you manage, you know, the people who are doing policy, at least, learn something from listening to all of this. I think so. I believe yeah, so, that we're, are really interested in policy, I think, learned a lot. Yeah, I mean, so, so you know, and it, that's part I love about more local than federal elections. Um, you know, you don't have to win to make a difference, to get um, ideas into the, I- into the policy world that are going to matter. Yes, I, I, and I believe that, and I, you know, that's the silver lining. And, you know, you're not, yeah, I did not win, obviously, uh, but uh, I think that some of my ideas, uh, were heard, and I'm hoping mm-hmm. that it will actually be implemented. Uh, and I think I had some different perspectives than some of the other candidates uh, by being here and being on the floor for 12 years. And I tell people, in addition to that experience, you know, I've represented Alderman before, and, you know, my dad served for 17 years. Uh, yep. Sitting on, on the side of someone growing up in an automatic family, uh, the combination of those things give me a unique perspective on what goes on and how I think that it should change. Um, what counsel do you have for the new mayor? Uh, I, I, well, I think uh, Mayor Lake Johnson is a, is, a, is a wonderful individual. We've been friends for a long time. Uh, if I had any advice for him, um, again, to, you know, be your own person, you know, listen to what the concerns of the community are and, you know, take a stand and make your mind up and stick to that, uh, whatever your positions are, you know, and, and, and I would say, obviously, listen to, you know, those that have been around, uh, those that can um, give sage advice, not yes, man, but people that can really give you um, differing um, opinions on, on how to get there. How do we, how do we get out of the uh, the challenges that we have right now? But at the same time, you know, you know, you're you know, the buck stops with you. You're the mayor. You know, you be that person. Be that person that cares about everybody in the city of Chicago, and and help figure it out. And and don't be afraid to listen to good advice. Uh, but like I said, you know, at the end of the day, it's your responsibility. It's your it's your task. Uh, you know, 
stay true to your heart about what goes yep. on, not yeah. to other voices, you know, that you may think that got you elected or got you to this point. Uh, do what's right, not what's popular. That's been a problem um, sometimes in the past. I think way back to Jane Byrne, who campaigned as a, you know, uh, good government reformer who ended up in the clutches of um, uh, a guy named Ed Verdoliak, who's not talked about much anymore, but, um, and, and, uh, and ended up running a corrupt government and got thrown out pretty quickly. So you, you do have to be true to yourself and your better angels. Yes. And that in Chicago is not always easy. And it's not easy and it, it is not easy, but uh, I think that's, that's, that's something that has to be done if we're really going to talk about administrations that care about the city of Chicago, that really care about true change and, and true transparency, uh, things have got to change. And you, and you have to be that change agent. You have to be that. Person. Yeah. And, and I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about uh, Mayor Lightfoot's record um, for good and ill. But I do think that when you lead a, a movement, as she did, and as uh, Marilyn Johnson did. You run. It's somewhat dangerous that you bring in folks who don't have the experience then to take you where you want to go. Um, well, right. So you, when you know, it's it, funny about that, it, it, and it goes both ways. Uh, and I and I agree with you a hundred percent. But also, you don't want to go too far the other way because uh, I was talking to a friend a couple of days ago, and they were like, you know, I see an awful lot of daily appointees, uh, you know, coming out, which is. I would say that the benefit of knowledge does have uh, a, a place here. Um, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword, if you will. Yeah, that's just, this is the challenge. Getting the balance right is very tough. You know what I'm saying. I think you get it. I do. you got to get the balance right. Um, and he's got to bring in the people who will help him, um, not help him decide right from wrong. That's what he got elected. Right. But, but right. But will help him get stuff done that he wants to get done, right? Because the the agenda facing our city, as facing many cities, um, is pretty challenging right now. I mean, there's so much that's good and and strong to build on. And I actually think um, our our toughest days are actually behind us, and you live through them. Um, I know we have some money challenges, but I think we're post-COVID coming out. Um, I think we're going to be okay, but it's not going to – it's going to require work. Yeah, it's going to require work. As long as we don't do anything, you know, crazy with our finances. Absolutely. Right. I think we'll be okay if, if nothing, you know, if we don't just do anything that's spectacularly bad, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. And we have, you know, I mean, a, a Democratic convention coming to Chicago is going to be a big boost to the city's coffers. I, I don't, I, I'm not a fan of car racing around the loop. Um, and I don't know if that'll no, make us any I, money. Was I, I hope it. <laughs> I don't. It, it was very little money, as far as I saw. Oh, I yeah. Generate a great that's, deal, but well, we got the streets improved around uh, around downtown. So then downtown, yeah. Hey, look, corruption is a nonpartisan activity. Um, do you have any thoughts on the Comed Four verdict? Um, you know, I respect the verdict. Uh, it, it came through. I, I think there was more of a, obviously, a, a, a precursor to the uh, upcoming Madigan trial, uh, which may or may not take place in a year. So, um, yep. uh, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, 
and I know all four individuals. I, um, well, three of them I know very extremely well. I didn't mm-hmm. know Mr. McCain as well as I knew uh, the others. Uh, so I kind of do feel bad. Uh, I've, I've had I had good relationships with those individuals, but it was good, fair, and honest relationships that I knew that I had with them. So I had no no issues. Uh, I want to. I'm so glad you're saying this. Um, it's so important to say if people are going to understand corruption really and what it means, because I I, I don't know if I, I know two of them well, not four of them well. When um, like you, I've had. Um, good, honest relationships with them. There's never been an yeah. issue. Um, and, I, and, and there were people back in Rod Blagojevich's day that I had good, honest relationships with who also ended up on the wrong side of the law. And he, here's the lesson, and it's such a tough one. If you want to be a player in a state that's corrupt or a system that's corrupt, you know, you, you have to be triply wary because it tends to catch you. Right. You're you're swimming in water that's dangerous oh, I, all the no, time. Oh, so well, yeah, when you're absolutely right. Right. So people, they, you know, they, they want to do the thing they're supposed to do and they just don't see that they're crossing a line and they cross a line and they get and, and then the jury does what it does. Um, and I don't make any excuses for it. I, that's not what I want. That's not what I'm saying. I just think people don't know how hard it is to be honest in a corrupt system. Well, let me say this, Edwin. I'm glad you said that because it's really interesting that uh, me, you know, I, I have a political name and there's no secret in that. And I'm, I say I know the individuals that you're talking that we were just talking about, and I know them as good individuals. I don't have any problem with them. And it's because of what I always try to do. And it was hard. You know, and I, I have stories. My stories will tell you how hard it is to not be involved in trying to be an insider, trying not to be an insider. Um, you know, to the point where I've never practiced. You know, I'm, I'm a lawyer, like you said, when I've been a lawyer 33 years. I have not practiced one day during the 12 years I've been alderman. Yep. And that was intentional because I did not want to get caught up in anything that was, right. you know, unsavory or even seemingly unsavory. Uh, you know, and I've talked to people about business opportunities and I thought about them for a minute. And I said, well, you know what, if I did that. You know, and, and, and I'll just be overly honest with you. You know, me, especially being a black man in Chicago, I figured if I did anything that was seemingly untoward, I'm going to jail. Yep. You know, if it was just perception yep. of something that was funny, I'm going to be looked at even harsher than some others, especially, you know, having a political name and being around. So I yeah. intentionally did not try to do any work while I was in office, you know, even though I'm legally, you know, allowed to and it's okay but i just chose not to do that mm-hmm. and it was a difficult choice a difficult choice for my family you know it's a financial choice that i made yep and i said if i want to serve the public that i am not going to serve myself at all right and the guys who i mean in this case we're not talking about um people who were working in the government we're talking about people who weren't working sure. in the government they were it i mean just I, I people don't understand that when you have a if, Corruption at the top, whether it was, and we're talking about Democrats here. We're talking about Rod Blagojevich in his day. Um, you know, Mike Madigan's going to get his day in court. But when when the top is corrupt, then people around don't know how to do their jobs in a way that doesn't cross lines. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's why all the people who work for Donald Trump are do what they do. 
Yeah, and you get approached all the time. I mean, you know, hey, Rod, let's you know, let's do this together. That's and so, I mean, seemingly, and it's probably. Do you have any fun. stories you're willing to share? <laughs> you know what? I'll share them with you one day. Uh, you and I are talking when we're having some lunch. One, I have some too that have been in the vault for a long time. Yeah, I got some that, 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 that I want to keep in the vault for a minute like, since I've not left office yet. Uh, but I have interesting stories about things. Well, I have one that I could tell. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, when, one time I was talking to some friends of mine, other fellow lawyers, and this was meant when I first maybe got into office, maybe a couple of years, talked about maybe getting into the tax appeal business. Mm-hmm. I'm a lawyer. I've done the work before, kind of familiar with it. Um, you know, we talked, I talked with a couple of other lawyer, black lawyer friends of mine that we were thinking about doing it together. And, you know, we had started putting this together, hire, you know, thinking about who we're going to hire and, you know, the work we're going to go after. And, and I sat there and thought about it for a minute. And this was before all the, the stuff, you know, escalated uh, with uh, Madigan and, and Burke and others. And, uh, and I sat there and, and contemplated for a minute and I, and I had to tell him, no, I said, I can't do it. I said, it's something, something about it uh, that if I got involved in this, you know, I would be the target. I'll be a target. You would be. You know, not that I was trying to do anything bad. I wasn't trying to do anything untoward, just do some additional work to earn a living. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said something about it just, you know, it just didn't smell right. It didn't feel right to me. And I just said, you know what, Let me, I'll take a pass and Smart. decide not to do it. Let's talk about yeah. um, one more thing. Chicago is losing its black population. And like I grew up in this city. I cannot imagine Chicago without a vibrant, uh, fascinating, contributing um, black community. I mean, just it's such an important part of the identity of this city and, and of the lives of all of us who've lived here. I can't, yeah. I just can't imagine it. And, and I'm, I'm terrified about the flight from communities, and and I'm a white guy who lives on the north side. I just can't imagine what it's what you're thinking about in a community like where where you live, where people have been homeowners for a long, long time, and they're getting up in age. Like, what happens when they go? Are people going to come back and 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 buy the houses? And is a community going to you know going to revitalize in a new generation? Talk about that. Well, when that's something that as, you know, post uh, automatic career, I, I really want to work on. Uh, and, and I think that the thing is, and, and I, I know I've been a big proponent of reparations and it's not really for the money. You know, you always talk about the, you know, the check that we were supposed to get and, and we're not getting. I, I get that. But it's the repair of, of black lives that I, I want to be involved with. Mm hmm. Um, I was watching a movie the other day. I went uh, uh, Malcolm X and, and Denzel as playing the character. Uh, he said there can be no black white unity, no black brown unity until there's black unity. I want to help work on black unity, you know, make and, and part of that is a reparative nature of us uh, and why we're at the top. And I'm talking about black people at every negative category, uh, infant mortality, joblessness, uh, you know, other health disparities. Uh, and we're at the bottom of every positive outcome. You know, we have to work on that. And if we work on that for black people, uh, once we get ourselves right, everything else will be better for everybody else. You know, uh, there's that old adage, a rising tide floats all boats. If we can get black unity together, we can find dive into the issues that are affecting us 
as, as descendants of enslaved Africans and why we still have that mantra on us that we think that we're inferior some type of way and get past that because that's driving all of these outcomes. That's driving the crime. That's driving the health disparities. That's driving the lack of business opportunities and employment. Uh, we have to deep dig deep inside and have uncomfortable conversations about ourselves so that we can get past that and get moving forward like everyone else, like every other culture, um, you know, and, and, and move forward. And we're not doing that to the degree. I think that is, that is, uh, that we can feel that it's urgent. And that's why I talk about reparations. And that's why I've been a big proponent of it as on the council floor. Uh, it's for a deeper dive into what we need to be doing as again, the descendants of enslaved Africans, and we have to do more to help ourselves so that we can help others. That's so important and so interesting, and it should be supported um, by all of us who aren't members of the community, but see it as important to our lives as well. Everybody can help. Yes. I remember, I remember as clear as, as can be, it was, I was a little boy, a little boy, when my father sat me down and explained to me what was going on with the contract sale of houses in Chicago. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that was like, that was the start of opening my eyes. Um, because, I mean, you're talking about being the d- descendants of enslaved people. Um, the, uh, the burden um, <laughs> is more current. It's more current. I mean, the amount of money taken at, from black homeowners, home buyers in Chicago up through the mid 1960s just was yeah. un- unimaginable. And when I read that, when I read the book and I read, you know, I read the book and I, I'm a lawyer. I know about contract sales. And I know how yep. devastating they were yep. in the Lawndale yep. area and in, 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 in the yep. West Side and, and, and other areas, obviously, but they concentrated in that area. And where people can pay 99 out of 100 payments and miss the 100th payment and get their house taken from them. With no equity. You know, people just don't understand how that was. Yeah, how, how that yeah. devastating that could be to someone. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're paying. No, with no equity at all. The value of a house that, 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 that comparable people, you know, down the street were paying a fraction of what you're paying for a house. And you're making less money, but yet you're still persevering. You know, and, and right. So the whole Tea Party movement on the right partly came out of people right. losing their homes when the 2008 financial crisis hit, and that left them still with some of the equity in their house. It wasn't nearly as cruel as the contract sales in Chicago. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. no, and, and so that, what? So that goes and that travels. Yeah, and that travels to yeah. uh, what we're even going to today. Uh, I was talking about people, and they were talking about like the youth downtown wilding out and doing other things. And I was like, they're traumatized. And I was like, you know what? I get that. They're traumatized. I get. But you're saying that black people never experienced trauma before? Black youth have never experienced trauma before? Yeah. You know, have you ever heard Experts of Experts at it. Experts at it. <laughs> you know, yeah. Right. Yeah. We're pretty, you know, we're pretty, you know, we've been doing this a long time. It's not our first <laughs> time being stressed, yeah. being traumatized. Yeah. So. Yeah. Not to say that they're not. So, I'm, obviously, I'm not I, saying that they're not, but. Nope, you know. but you're saying we got to find better ways to deal with it. I'm saying there's consequences to actions, and we still yeah. have to understand that even after all these decades and, and you know, many, many years of going through it. You know, so, Alderman, the, the, the last, the night there was this, as you say, wilding in the in downtown mm-hmm. um, a few weeks ago. It was a beautiful night. The weather was beautiful. It was wonderful. And I um, was. And like was you say, dr- 
Yeah. And I was driving from, I want to say, uh, uh, west of the loop, you know, like Western Avenue, west of the loop, um, mm -hmm. back into Bucktown. So I drove through a big chunk of the city, um, including down Division Street, which those of you who don't live in Chicago um, won't recognize, but it was where the man with a golden arm was written. It was a down and out neighborhood. Now it's uh, filled with people sitting out and enjoying their meals. And I must have seen, Great I don't know, by the way. Great movie, by the way. I must have seen 10,000 people out. They me. were almost all young because I had dropped one of my kids off. It was actually you know, past my bedtime. So outside were just young people and they were um, sitting on stairs, sometimes with a guitar and a group of kids, or they were um, sitting out having dinner, or they were just ta you know, talking and walking. Thousands and thousands of young people, very diverse, very diverse. Yeah. This was going on in the same city at the same moment as this uh, nonsense downtown. Right. You know, so I think people don't understand how complicated the city is, how complicated it's these issues very, very are and how and also how much good stuff is going on at the same time that we can we, we can use to help the healing. Yeah, I was outside that weekend. I was it was my birthday weekend. It happened to be my birthday that that uh, that Wednesday. So I was out that weekend yeah. out in my backyard. So I wasn't out downtown, but it was yeah. a beautiful day. We, Chicago is a beautiful town. Beautiful city that has a lot to offer, and we should, you know, make sure that everybody could experience that. And I think what we've done, partially with, particularly with our youth, is kind of that we failed them. We don't give them enough activity to let them be children, let them be youth, let them have fun, Absolutely. let them jump around and dance and sing and have a good time and, and talk to, you know, talk to friends or yep. uh, get a little romantic relationship started. You know, things that we did when we were teenagers. They don't yeah. have that. We're always worrying about them. Hey, they need to get a job. They need to get a vocation. Okay, and that's all. And I'm not saying that's not true, but sometimes children just have to wild out and be silly for a little while, and we need to have safe spaces for them to do that. And we're right, because then they can learn to take things down as opposed to take things up. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate your coming on and spending uh, you know this, this half hour with me. It's uh, it's great to catch up, and I'm looking forward to your next act. Oh, thank you, Edwin. And then let's get together soon, and we can talk. We can share some stories together. I am really looking forward to that. I will be reaching out. <laughs> okay, thank you, sir. You you take care. All right, everybody. That was uh, Alderman Roderick Sawyer. Um, you know, talking about a city he loves and some of the issues we face. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, 773-763-9278, I'll be taking your calls.